Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP and today is the 22nd of August 2022 and to be honest, the market is not looking good at all. There is a very high chance that the cryptocurrency market would once again go below the $1 trillion mark. So Bitcoin is not looking good, Ethereum is not looking good and the entire cryptocurrency market is not looking good. The biggest matrix that is stablecoin is doing absolutely horrendous when I discuss the price of cryptocurrencies. There are two things which are really worrisome so far as stablecoins is concerned. One is the volume is ridiculously low and the second thing is stablecoin accounts for over 90% of the total cryptocurrency market volume. So this is definitely not good. As a matter of fact in today's episode what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be discussing the Bank of International Settlement. And the reason why I want to talk about that in today's episode is because it has a lot to do with stablecoins. And they have two reports. One of them talks about the technology, innovation and financial services. And the second one is about digital euro. Now with stablecoin volumes being ridiculously low and the fact that it accounts for over 95%, in certain cases even 96% of the total crypto market, why it is a terrible thing? The answer is pretty simple. It's just going to make a perfect use case for central bank digital currencies to start issuing CBDCs. And in today's episode, we'll also be looking at DeFi TVL, that is total value locked. It is down to $61 billion. Guys, in December of last year, the total value locked in DeFi was around the $250 billion mark. And one thing which I've been saying since the past few months, in 2020 and 2021, every time I used to research news for my podcast, I used to find a lot of news regarding DeFi. Since this year, I pretty much don't find absolutely any news regarding DeFi. And finally, in today's episode, we're also going to be talking about 2022 being the year of Crypto.com and Binance. Both of them are extremely, extremely positive news. And one thing which I've been noticing uh, about Bitcoin Maxing is that they've been updating the listeners with a lot of misleading information. Now, it is so sad to know that Bitcoin Maxine, one of the OGs in the Bitcoin space, is providing a lot of fake news and misleading information. So definitely, definitely not good. Now, regarding UAE, we have two news as well. And the first one is a Blockchain DXB podcast. Now, what I plan to do is every Tuesdays, that is tomorrow, I want to release a standalone episode for the next few weeks where we discuss if Ethereum flips Bitcoin. So I'm going to be discussing what I'll be covering in that particular episode. And I'll briefly touch base on that when I'm looking at the price section for cryptocurrencies. The second news is about Global Blockchain Congress and another event which takes place on the 23rd and 24th of November. So let's kickstart this episode. So welcome everyone, it's Aitim Bjorn in Dubai and you're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8 where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse and how the series of episodes under Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East and the world of Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. This is followed by Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from 8.30am to 9am Gulf Standard Time. And every Fridays, we have a series called Metaverse Everything where we solely focus on Metaverse. So please check out those episodes as well. 
The format for Metaverse Everything podcast is completely different and what I tend to do is I also publish a daily and weekly report via my LinkedIn profile and my LinkedIn profile is in the show notes below. Alternatively, what you can do is go to the Blockchain DXP website that is www.blockchaindxp website and look at crypto blog section or even in Medium or Substack. Just type in Blockchain DXP, you'll find all the information. So let's kickstart today's episode. Today is the 2nd of August 2022 and to be honest, the market is looking absolutely horrendous. I wouldn't be surprised if the global crypto market goes below the $1 trillion mark. The global crypto market is at $1.03 trillion. Since the last 24 hours, it has marginally gone up by 2.31% and the total crypto market volume over the last 24 hours is down to $58.45 billion. Since the last 24 hours, it is down by 21.62% and the total volume in DeFi is currently at $4.41 billion. And DeFi accounts for 7.55% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. The volume of stable coins now is at $56.12 billion. And this is what I'm talking about, guys. The volume is ridiculously low and stablecoin accounts for 96.56% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. Now, if you are a central bank, you are looking at this number and you might be thinking, you know what, the volume is ridiculously low. And it accounts for over 96% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. This would be a perfect use case for central banks to issue central bank digital currencies. The volume is ridiculously low. They could create advertisements highlighting the benefits of central bank digital currencies. As a matter of fact, in the report that is published by the Bank of International Settlement, that is exactly what they are going to be talking about. And I'll be explaining that in detail as well. Now let's move on to Bitcoin versus Ethereum. Now I'll be touching base on this when I'm talking about the podcast that I plan to release tomorrow and every week till the merge date and maybe a few days after the merge date as well. So let's look at the comparison between Bitcoin and Ethereum. So I'll be looking at three things that is the market share, 24 hour trading volume and the dominance. The market share of Bitcoin has gone down by well over 30 odd billion dollars as of today 22nd of August. It is at $411 billion. Ethereum is less than 50% of Bitcoin's market share and it is down to $197 billion. So the numbers are definitely fluctuating. In certain times, it is well over the 50% mark of Bitcoin's market share, but today definitely well below the 50% mark of the Bitcoin's market share. The 24-hour trading volume of Bitcoin is at $23 billion and Ethereum's 24-hour trading volume is at $15.8 billion. The dominance once again, Bitcoin is marginally up since the last 24 hours and it is currently at 40.03% and Ethereum's dominance is at 19.20%. So what do you guys think in the near future, probably six months or one years down the line, is it possible that Ethereum will flip Bitcoin? So let's get started today's news. The biggest metric for today is the stable coin volume. 96.56% is a ridiculously low number. Now what I do is I look at numbers via CoinMarketCap and via CoinGecko. Now listen to this guys. Via CoinMarketCap, the total crypto market volume is $58.45 billion and CoinGecko is $69.4 billion. Now I do agree that sometimes the update does take a lot of time 
but that's fair enough. If you look at the volume of stable coins, out of the $58.48 billion, stablecoin accounts for $56.12 billion. So that is definitely, definitely worrisome. Really, really not good. Imagine if the US government or the government entity were to have a strict plan of attack or plan of actions against stablecoins. The entire stablecoin volume will be a threat. Not only that, it will have a massive, massive impact on the price of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Ideally, we should be looking at Bitcoin's number to be ridiculously high. So this begs this whole question. When the prices of cryptocurrency falls down, people do tend to switch to using Tether USDT or stable coins. If that is the case and because they are backed by legally or technically backed by US dollar, why not just use the US dollar in that case, simple as that. Rather than using a stable coin at a macro level, you may as well want to use a stable coin and that is what I think central banks all over the world will be thinking. And most likely they might be having advertisements surrounding that. What they will also publicize is the impact of Terra Luna's collapse and the biggest danger of all according to me is Tether USDT. This volume that we talked about stable coin, out of the 56 odd billion dollars, Tether USDT accounts for 82% of all stable coins. Now if you have been in the cryptocurrency space since a long time, you would know that Tether USDT has a notorious history so far as the audit is concerned, but they had a blog post few days ago where Paolo, the chief technical officer of Bitfinex and Tether USDT, did actually hire BDO Italia, which is apparently one of the top five auditing firms in the world. Now, they've taken the BDO firm from Italy. And what he has said is, we are committed to maintaining our role as a leading stablecoin in the market. Now, this absolutely sounds great. But what if the government goes behind Bitfinex or Tether USDT? What happens then? And one thing which I've been saying at least for the past few years is the black swan event in the cryptocurrency space might just be Tether USDT. The impact of Terra Luna was absolutely devastating for other cryptocurrency projects. The impact Tether USDT would have not just on other projects but on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies might just be 10 times or 25 times much more than Terra Luna. But I'm hoping that is not the case. With such low volume, it clearly indicates the sheer use case of stablecoins when cryptocurrency fluctuates. Unfortunately, it does make a perfect use case for central banks all around the world to advertise, publicize and even force the use of CBDCs. Now listen, if you do want to find out more information about central bank digital currencies, go to my website that is www.blockchaindxb.com. Under the blockchain section, if you scroll right to the bottom, you will find two slides where I talk about central bank digital currencies, the basics, threats to freedom and its role in the metaverse. So please feel to go ahead and read through it. There's a lot of information on that. But let's talk about the Bank of International Settlement. They've been providing reports pretty much every few days. And there are two reports that I'd like to talk about which are linked to stable coins. The first one is called as Technology, Innovation and Financial Services. And it is written by Michelle Bowman. In that report, it talks about the Federal Reserve support for innovation. It also talks about crypto assets and FedNow, that is the central bank digital currencies. Now, the FedNow project does have the potential to bank the unbanked, which unfortunately, Bitcoin was not successful in doing. But at what cost? 
what I would recommend you guys to do is read through the document. It's only four page long and it talks about what the FedNow project is all about. It just gives basic information. If you do want to find out more information, what I would recommend you to do is do the research on FedNow, but definitely not looking good for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. The second report is called as Digital Euro and it is by Joachim Nagel, who is the president of Dorshi Bundesen Bank. The report is called as Digital Euro, Opportunities and Risk. And in that report, they mention how to exploit the opportunities presented by central bank digital currencies and they talk about it has great potential. It is 11 pages long. Now, what they do mention is that they have a desire in the central bank digital currencies in the very immediate future to have privacy as well. So all of you guys who talk about privacy, that central bank digital currencies does not offer privacy. That's the end of it. The central bank digital currencies that you're planning to work on will offer privacy and you'll be able to use it offline as well. I'm not sure what the technology behind that is. It might just work something similar to the POS, that is the point of sale machine, where you just take out your mobile phone, just swipe it. You might even have that in a card, swipe it and the transaction is done. But the key difference that they mentioned is privacy. So this CBDC will essentially be similar to cash. Now this does pose a very, very strong severe threat to cryptocurrencies and even Bitcoin. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how this thing plays out. In that report that I mentioned, Technology, Innovation and Financial Services by Michel Bowen, they actually mentioned that the FedNow project is planning to launch by mid-2023. But even UAE, I do believe they have CBDCs in the work, which probably might start by the last quarter of 2023 or early 2024. Now let's talk a little bit about DeFi. If you are in the cryptocurrency space, you need to be checking at the volume in DeFi. At this point of time, I really am not sure, is DeFi dead? The total value locked as of today, 22nd of August, is down to $61 billion. And Cointelegraph has a good article where it talks about how DeFi needs to start creating real-world values if it wants to survive in today's environment and some really good points. So the article, I've mentioned it via my LinkedIn profile. Or you can also go to Cointelegraph and look at an article about DeFi. Now, where does the interest for DeFi come from? Is it created out of thin air? And surprisingly, the answer is yes, or the answer might be a no. So DeFi in 2022 is not looking good. Just to give you perspective, back in December of 2021, the total value locked in DeFi was $250 odd billion dollars. And this was before the whole Solana's double reporting. Now from $252 billion, it is down to $61 billion. I'm not sure if this is the lowest TVL that I've been looking at because what I tend to do is I do look at the TVL volume pretty much every second or third day. So DeFi is definitely not looking good. Let's talk about two positive views. And now 2022 is definitely the year of Crypto.com and Binance. Let's talk about the news for Crypto.com. Crypto.com has joined forces with Australian tech company Data Mesh Group and OTR to launch Australia's first in-stock cryptocurrency payments across more than 440 Peregrine's retail outlets. So if you are in Australia, I'm not sure how big a Peregrine outlet is, but 440 outlets is absolutely, absolutely massive. So Crypto.com is definitely making really, really good partnership 
and 2022 does seem to be looking extremely promising for Crypto.com. But Bitcoin Magazine has misled by saying that the news is only about Bitcoin, so rather than saying cryptocurrencies, the article mentions that Crypto.com has joined forces with Australian tech company to accept Bitcoin across 440 outlets, which is definitely not right. You need to mention what is important. You need to mention the facts. Listen, you're living in a world where having a lot of information is not important. We need to get information from the first source, and the first source is by looking at Crypto.com's official blog, which you will find it on my LinkedIn profile. Or if you want to find out any research, what I would recommend you to do is go to Crypto.com read through the official blog rather than looking at mainstream media such as Bitcoin Magazine which is providing misleading information. The next news is about Binance US. Binance US has obtained a monetary transmitter license from Nevada. Again, the official news is in the Binance US blog and Brian Schroeder, who is the CEO of Binance US, has some really nice things to say. So Crypto.com and Binance are definitely turning out to be the giants in the cryptocurrency space. So the question is, is Binance bigger than Bitcoin or is Binance bigger than cryptocurrency? Now the answer may not be surprising. The same thing with Crypto.com. I really am not sure what the volume of Crypto.com is, but every second day they seem to be making partnership. Last week we talked about how Crypto.com got a license from FCA, that is UK's Financial Conduct Authority. So definitely, definitely brilliant move. Now let's now let's look at two news from UAE. The first one is by Blockchain DXP, that is my podcast. Now what I plan to do is every Tuesdays I do want to release an episode where I discuss if Ethereum flips Bitcoin. So what I want to do is this will be under the crypto and coffee date section. I would want to release an episode roughly around 30 to 40 minutes long. I really would want to have a guest speaker, probably two or three people. So if you are someone who wants to talk about it, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com. Now what I want to talk about is the market inflow and outflow. I want to talk about the cryptocurrency exchange volume. I want to talk about the Ethereum update. And then the fourth one is look at the price charts. Now I am no expert so far as the technical price chart is concerned. If you are into charts and if you are an absolute nerd who looks at charts and graphs and wants to make recommendation purely based on what you see, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com. Now, so far as the market inflow and outflow is concerned, what I want to discuss is the institutional investors. How much are they investing into Bitcoin and Ethereum? How much of money they are taking out? I want to be discussing the cryptocurrency exchange numbers in terms of, you know, what is the current inflow and outflow, the money entering into the exchange and the money going out, and the general market sentiment. The Crypto Fear and Greed Index is a good matrix to look at. Now regarding cryptocurrency exchange, I want to look at how, what numbers of Bitcoin and Ethereum has been bought, what numbers has been sold, how much has been traded, what is the options market, the general interest, the queries by customers, the trends and updates. Coinbase last week talked about how they are going to freeze deposits and withdrawals as the merge date kicks in and pretty much every exchange in the world will be doing that. I would really like to hear from some cryptocurrency exchange, especially in UAE if they are going to do something similar, they have to do something similar. And I'll also be talking about the technical updates on Merge and I'll try to make it at a very basic and easy to understand level. But if you are someone who knows how the Ethereum Merge works, you're more than welcome to drop me an email and I'd absolutely love to talk to you. 
I'll also talk about the temporary disruption in deposits and withdrawal as the merge date kicks in. The next part is the Ethereum merged update and this is where I will talk everything about what the Ethereum merge is. I'll discuss the timeline, what can we expect and what actions needs to be taken and my whole goal of doing this podcast is to clear the rumor and misconceptions about Ethereum. Earlier today while I was reading through the podcast, while I was trying to do my research, I just read through an article via LinkedIn who said that the price of Ethereum will jump to $100,000 in the next few years. I don't see that ever happening. So just want to clear a couple of misconceptions. And I want to discuss the Ethereum consensus layer, also called as Ethereum 2.0. That is the five updates which are taking place. That is the merge, the surge, the verge, the push, the splurge. So if you guys do have any information about it and would like to talk about it, drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. And so far as the guest speaker is concerned, I am not a technical nerd. If you are someone who is into trading and want to do a lot of trends analysis, make your own price predictions, and if you want to recommend the customers what, where, when, by how, and where to buy, sell, trade, or hodl Bitcoin or Ethereum, please feel free to drop me an email. I would definitely like to have you on the podcast. The information will not be financial advice because all price predictions are 100% right 50% of the time. The next news that I'd like to talk about is an event which is taking place in Dubai. And this is the 10th event that they are conducting and it is called as the Global Blockchain Congress event. This event that takes place in the month of November, the main themes are digital asset regulations in GCC, Web3 platforms, Metaverse, gaming and non-fungible tokens. So definitely, definitely brilliant news. So definitely looking forward for that event. So the event is called as Blockchain Conference and the conference agenda will focus on the future development of digital assets and the effects on the GCC due to regulations. And it will be discussed by regulators from the region in a panel to establish the regional framework for digital assets. Also the effects of NFTs on gaming and how artificial intelligence will help with the growth of NFTs and the Global Blockchain Conference will feature more than 60 speakers, 150 investors, 30 sponsors, 20 media partners and more than 300 delegates. Now, if you do want to find out more information about the event, the website is platform.agoragroup.ae or you can also drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. So that's all for today guys on the Crypto and Coffee at 8 from Blockchain DXB. In case you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. You can also check out my website that is www blockchaindxp.com and also please check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about metaverse and if you like listening to this please follow this podcast give it a five star rating and share the word across now for the next few minutes it's going to be an ask me anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about bitcoin blockchain beyond blockchain cryptocurrencies nfts DeFi, and metaverse so thanks so much for listening and let's kick start with the ask me anything series Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXP. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse and how the series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well. The other two news and information is related to Dubai 
UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. I have a first question by Marshall who asks, what should we do with the private key? Should we write it down or should we have a screenshot? Marshall, this is a very, very important and a very, very basic question. The rule number one is, once you get your private key, you write it down on a piece of paper and keep it completely, completely safe. Once you lose your private key, if you forget your password of logging in, your funds are completely, completely gone. There are absolutely no way for you to recover it. Can you screenshot it? I don't think that is a good idea. As a matter of fact, the mobile wallets, when you try to screenshot it, it does not allow you to screenshot it for the iOS devices. When you screenshot it, it automatically gets uploaded in iCloud. The same thing for Android phones as well. So I am not sure if you can still screenshot it. I personally would not screenshot it. What I would recommend you to do is try to remember the 12 words. And that's the reason why it is called as Brain Wallet. So at a very basic level, how this thing works is once you log into your wallet, the word that you get, that goes into something called as ECDSA. Now it goes to another protocol called a SNOR Signature. Using that, it goes to a mixture and then you get a private key. This private key is hashed few times. Then you get the public key. The public key is further hashed few times. And that's when you get the public address. So if you lose your private keys, there's absolutely no way for you to recover it. So my recommendation is try to remember it. It's only two words. But then the question is, you know, what if you have different wallets? How do you remember those things? You can also write it down and just keep it somewhere extremely, extremely safe. And it depends, you know, on what you feel absolutely comfortable doing that. It also depends on the volume of cryptocurrency that you plan to have. If you're planning to have, let's say, millions of dollars, then I would strongly recommend to have it in a cold wallet or a hard wallet. Uh, never keep your funds in the cryptocurrency exchange. As a matter of fact, I think last week someone asked regarding the Ethereum merge if it is a good idea to keep your Ether in the blockchain or in the cryptocurrency exchange. So that is something which I'll be discussing in tomorrow's episode. So definitely, definitely a brilliant question. But apart from that, just try to keep it as secure as much as possible. Now, I don't want to give any advice where, you know, I tell you to, let's say, to keep it in your desktop and someone accidentally hacks your laptop or gets access to your laptop, they're able to steal your funds. So I don't know. My only recommendation is keep it as safe as much as possible. My personal recommendation would be try to remember those 12 words. But again, it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. Or write it down and keep it extremely safe. And once again, Marshall, it depends on the volume that you're talking about. If you, let's say, just want to have 20 or $50, then you need to have a different approach. But let's say if you're talking about hundreds and thousands of dollars, maybe even a million dollars, then you may want to utilize, you know, let's say, a hardware wallet like Ledger or Casa Wallet Keys or something of that sort. If you're talking about, let's say, in the millions of dollars, then you may want to look at Cold Wallet. You may want to get, you know, a company which offers security and quite a lot of other protocols as well are in place for that. So that's all for today, guys, on the Ask Me Anything series from Blockchain TXP. In case if you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaintxp.com. Also check out my website, www.blockchaintxp.com. And please check out my other website, that is area2071.com, that talks everything about Metaverse. And if you like listening to this, please follow this podcast, give it a 5-star rating, and share the word across. And remember, guys, Monday to Thursdays, 
8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And how the series of episodes under Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is, we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East from the cryptocurrency world. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series, where you listeners can ask any questions about Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Thanks so much for listening guys and have a brilliant day ahead. Bye-bye.